Hello and welcome to our national online service for Trinity Sunday, coming today from St Mary's Church, Bury St Edmunds, in Suffolk, in the Diocese of St Edmundsbury and Ipswich. My name is Reverend Canon Tiff Robinson, and I've been the vicar here for about eight months. St Mary's is the oldest church in Bury St Edmunds, and one of the largest parish churches in the country, with a claim to have the second longest nave and the largest west window. Mary Tudor, former Queen of France and Henry VIII's sister, is buried here, along with many other of the town's historic nobility. And yet the most prized treasure you will find here is the Gospel of Jesus Christ, preached faithfully week by week. Today I'm joined by a number of people from across the congregation, and our curate, the Reverend Dr Sarah Gull, has prepared our intercessions. It's wonderful to be able to lead you in worship today. Jesus Christ is King of it. He lives his life in us for the sake of the world. Jesus is alive today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. God the Father forgives us in Christ and heals us by the Holy Spirit. Let us therefore put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice, and confess our sins to God our Redeemer. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Woe is me, for I am lost. I am a person of unclean lips. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is forgiven. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy upon us. Forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, reading from 12 to 17 and 27 to 31. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span and clothed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counsellor has instructed him? Whom did he consult for his enlightenment, and who taught him the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Even the nations are like a drop from a bucket, and are accounted as dust on a scale. See, he takes up the eyes like fine dust, Lebanon would not provide fuel enough, nor are its animals enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and strengths than the powerless. Even youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk 
and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let 
from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today is Trinity Sunday, the Sunday that traditionally clergy have found a challenge as they try to find ways to put into words how to understand the Trinity that God is both three and one. Often the curate will find themselves asked to preach on Trinity Sunday, for their own good, of course. And I even heard a vicar suggest recently that it would be a good Sunday to have a focus on the environment as a way of sidestepping the issue. Often attempts are made to find illustrations that combine three of something, three leaf clovers, three in one oil, etc., etc. While this is all in good fun, most preachers do know deep down that the Trinity is an essential teaching, one which Christians have believed and held to be true since the great controversies of the early church and beyond. So why have we, playfully or otherwise, made teaching about the Trinity seem like such a challenge? Our reading from Isaiah says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens like a span and closed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? God is so great, so powerful and so holy that we are right to approach him with reverence, caution and care. It is certainly true that we will never be able to comprehend with our human minds and intellects the immensity of the God who has created the heavens and the earth. And yet Jesus came to reveal to us who God is in a way which we can understand and sent us his spirit to guide us into all truth. And it was through this revelation and guidance that the early church came to understand God as three persons. Jesus was worshipped as divine even before his death and resurrection. Many of those he healed worshipped him in response, and his own disciples, upon seeing him calm the storm, bowed down to him in Matthew 14. He didn't correct them or tell them to stop. Instead, he pointed to himself as the way, the truth, and the life in John 14. In John 8, Jesus speaks of being timeless, even eternal, when he says, before Abraham was, I am. 
He speaks in John 10 of being one with the Father. And this led the writer of John to speak of him as the eternal Logos word through whom all things were made in his famous prologue in John chapter 1. Last Sunday, we celebrated Pentecost and the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples in Acts 2. And we heard how Jesus identifies with the Spirit very closely. And it's clear that this is his Spirit. And yet also refers to the Spirit as another person. The New Testament speaks of the Spirit interceding for us, comforting us, teaching us and guiding us. A person who we can relate to just as we relate to the Father and the Son. And our New Testament reading today from Matthew has the clearest formulation Jesus gives us of the Trinity. We are to baptise those whom we make disciples of all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. One name, but three persons. So far, so simple. God is clearly one God, but three persons. That is who Jesus has revealed God to be. But why? Quite soon after I became a Christian, I had been taken to a church building not unlike, though a tad smaller than this one, by my wife Amy, who was then my girlfriend. I asked her why the pulpit, the elevated wooden box that the minister preached from, had a canopy above it. I now know that this is to help with sound projection, as it would send the sound down into the congregation. But Amy said that she had no idea and had never even given it a second's thought. I thought for a moment and said, well, I suppose if you imagine it isn't there, you'll see why it is. I thought this sounded terribly wise at the time, where Amy just found it amusing. And it's gone down as one of our family sayings whenever we simply haven't got a clue why something is the way it is. I think it's quite a helpful way to look at the Trinity, however. Let's try to imagine God is not three, and maybe it will help us to see why he is. I think most people outside of the church are much more comfortable with monotheism. This idea that there is just one higher power who kick-started everything and then does or doesn't get involved. But the question we need to ask of this idea is one of the most important questions for anyone alive today. Why are we here? For a single person God, there are a number of answers. Perhaps they were lonely or bored or desired to create something to worship them. More positively, they could have created out of benevolence, the desire to share life with another creature. But even this implies that God has a need for us. When we ask the question of the Christian God, who is three in one, a very different answer appears. Here we have a God who is made up of three persons, who interrelate, who love one another, who live and have lived for all eternity in community, in a family, and who have no need of anyone else. Just as a husband and wife 
might create a child out of their love for one another. So the persons of the Trinity create the universe out of their love for one another. We are created to worship God, yes, but only because in him we find our being. We have a need for him, but not because God has any need for us. When we say God is love, this is what we mean. Not that God is an emotion, but that God exemplifies love within the Trinity and invites us into that ongoing, eternal relationship. But love does more than create. Love rescues. Humanity turned our backs upon the love of God. We chose ambition over love, hubris over humility, stuff over life and it messed everything up and what we found what we still find is that when we cut ourselves off from God we also cut ourselves off from one another we soiled this once beautiful world and no amount of human progress no amount of charity no amount of striving can sort the mess we have made so our reading from Isaiah said, My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. But God would not abandon us to our sin. He goes on to say, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Love's rescue plan was the incarnation. When the Son came down to take on human flesh, and though he knew no sin, chose to lay down his life for the sake of us, even while we were still his enemies, even as we drove in the nails, he chose to love us by giving us of himself. The plan seemed to have failed, but then the Father raised Christ through his Spirit from the dead. Each person of the Trinity intimately involved in this rescue mission, this process of our salvation. And through the cross, through our redemption, through the ascension, we are invited into this divine, eternal relationship. This Trinity Sunday, will you hear this invitation and enter into this eternal relationship of love?
the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders, ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out along the scoffers, it was my sin that held him there, until now declare our faith in God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by his Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, on this Trinity Sunday, we come before you to offer you our praise and adoration. You are God the Father. You are Christ the Saviour. You are the Spirit of truth and love. We give you thanks this day and beseech you to keep us steadfast in the faith. Defend us from all adversity, that we might live in praise of you and in the perfect unity of your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, 
We pray for your church throughout the world, especially where there is fear of persecution or violence. Protect your people and guard them against all evil. Guide our archbishops, Justin and Stephen, and all our bishops. May your wisdom instruct them and your ways direct them in your service. We give thanks for the long life of our church here in Bury St Edmunds and acknowledge the gifts you have given us through the ages. We ask that you open our hearts to welcome the stranger and share our faith with others. Open our minds that we may daily seek to follow you and open our doors that we might spread your living word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of creation, you give us all that we need. We lament of the way your beautiful world is so conflicted. Help us to share your gifts wisely and fairly that all may flourish. Help us towards peace amongst the nations. Defend the weak champion the oppressed, feed the hungry, and quench the thirsty. We bring to you continuing places of violence. In the Ukraine and around the world, in Afghanistan, Myanmar, Pakistan, and other places known only to you. We remember all who bear the responsibility of leadership May you grant them a vision of peace and reconciliation. Create in them a love of peace, that they might seek to restore your kingdom here on earth, in our homes and in our towns and cities. Where the love of humanity has failed, may your divine compassion bring healing and comfort. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember this morning those who are sick, sad or lonely, and those who are troubled when things seem to be going wrong. We pray for all whose life is saddened by the death of someone they love. We pray that they may be aware of your comforting presence and know that in your hands they are safe and deeply loved. In a moment of quietness, we remember those particularly on our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we ask you to lead us into this coming week. Guide us in our words and actions. Protect us and preserve us and fill us with your spirit that we might come to join in your love and finally be one with you. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the collect for today 
Holy God, faithful and unchanging, enlarge our minds with the knowledge of your truth and draw us more deeply into the mystery of your love, that we may truly worship you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. God, the Holy Trinity, make you strong in faith and love, defend you on every side and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be with you now and forever. Amen. Thank you.